good afternoon, everyone. Uh, and uh, thanks for joining us here today. I'm Carolina Albernas, Director of Business Development Operations for the Brazilian the Chamber of Commerce. Um, the closure of the borders to contain the spread of COVID has impacted not only tourism and business, but also international trade and supply. Law firm Birkin McKenzie recently estimated that global trade fell about 40% during the first quarter of this year. Second time has plunged so deeply since the mid 80s. The IMF predicts that imports and exports in advanced economies will each fall by more than 11% this year, far worse than 2008-2009 financial crisis. And an idle economy needs far less transportation capacity. So a massive idling of ships, trucks, and airplanes is already underway. But modern countries still require goods and the products are still wanted and needed by the consumers. And it has to be moved through transportation networks that have become more, far more unpredictable and far, far, far more unreliable leading into logistical nightmares and increased costs. Um, all the major modes of transport, air, from all the major mo modes of transport, air cargo seems to have uh, been the most affected during this crisis because passenger aircraft carry large volumes on their holds, meaning that suspension of passenger flights globally has resulted in a significant reduction of air freight capacity, posing a massive challenge in their timely delivery of all types of cargo, especially refrigerated cargo. So freight forwarders that facilitates movements of goods worldwide are among the many parties grappling um, with this logistical wit splash. The constant changes in rates and frequent last minute cancellations are forcing them to search the alternative ways to ship goods. So we're here today with Arnaud Mello, president of Mellohawk Logistics, to talk a little bit about the market and better understand uh, the problems we're facing and what the available solutions are. So thanks again for being here. Um, for those uh, who are not familiar with the BCCC, so we, for 47 years, we have been building relationships between Brazil and Canada. Uh, we've been straining the bilateral relationships in investments, trades, best practices, and mutual growth and prosperity. Our relationships are both private and public, featuring managing directors and decision makers of small companies, large companies, very large companies and institutions. Our volunteer board of directors has expertise and knowledge and connections that only can be found by being active players in the Brazil-Canada market. We're a membership-based association and we offer our members advocacy and government access, um, information and insight, as well as uh, um, connectivity. So our network is in parallel with access to universities, not-for-profits, C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, conducting uh, business between Brazil and Canada. And we support these connections with target introductions, sponsorship opportunities in our events, and brand visibility. Um, as an example of uh, our activities, since 2018, we have organized more than 50 events in 10 different sectors with over 1,200 attendees. We established over 10 partnerships and supported many trade missions in a total of 70 companies looking either to establish themselves in Brazil and Canada or connect with clients and suppliers. So if you wanted to learn a little bit more about the BCCC and how we can help, please contact me after this webinar. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Arno Mello, President of Mellohawk Logistics, our guest speaker today. Welcome Arno and thanks for being here. Thank you, Carolina, for the invitation. It's an honor to be speaking here today. Hello everyone, welcome. I guess this is my slide. Um, great to be here. Um, I, as Carolina said, I manage Mellowhawk Logistics, which is the, a freight forwarder here based in Toronto uh, with an office in Miami and an office in Brazil. And uh, we cover the whole Canada, as you can see. Uh, and uh, we uh, have partners in 150 countries. We have served over 
2,500 clients and continue to service them. And we have a present presence in 70 countries uh, worldwide. Uh, we handle air, ocean, trucking, and customs clearance uh, in Canada and all over the world. And um, we have Brazil, of course, and South America as a niche market. Next one. Um, I want to give first uh, an overview of what's happening um, uh, in Canada, Brazil, and the world in, in regards to supply chain. Uh, as you know, um, uh, the COVID-19 crisis has affected all the businesses, all supply chain, all the airlines, and the uh, businesses that, that have been highly impacted, of course, retail, commerce, entertainment, tourism, airlines, um, most of them continue to be closed. We are considered essential services, so we are open. We have half of our staff working here in the office. We have a warehouse, and the other half is working from home. And uh, we're happy that we can provide this uh, uh, for everyone to work remotely. Uh, we're facing lots of challenge, challenges right now, uh, not only us, but every logistics company around the world. Um, currency issues, credit and insurance, uh, most contracts that we had with uh, all airlines have been suspended, as you can imagine. Uh, prices have increased substantially uh, three times or four times uh, the price of air freight as we don't have flights to Brazil directly anymore. Working capital has been an issue. Uh, also, suppliers are canceling their credit terms with uh, trucking companies, uh, freight forwarders in Canada, because they are just afraid of somebody not paying them as they, they were getting paid before. And of course, logistics capacity has uh, changed um, how we move uh, cargo worldwide. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. And as you know, we don't have the flights uh, from Canada to Brazil or to many destinations. Air Canada was our main carrier service in Brazil. We don't have that flight anymore. There is a talk that Air Canada will resume this flight in June. Uh, I talk with Air Canada every day, and this is just a news update. Uh, officially, they don't know if this is actually going to happen. If it happens, it will be three times a week. Capacity, of course, will be limited, uh, and rates will never be the same as they were before. So everything is going to have to be uh, uh, reviewed. There is a lot of, um, oh, going back to Ocean, uh, just an update in Ocean. As um, we, the, the Ocean containers are moving worldwide at a slower speed, and we see now uh, a shortage of container and equipment in some markets because China was closed for two months. Uh, as you know, I'm going to say a large percentage of cargo comes out of China to feed the world. These containers could not reach some destination markets. And now those products that were supposedly to live from, leave Brazil and come to North America, they're encountering shortage of uh, equipment of containers. So if you make a booking in Brazil, it will take a few days for a container to be available and you can load it. So as you can imagine, it's a, a chain effect, uh, the fact that equipment is missing in different in different markets. The other news in Ocean is that a lot of steamship lines are uh, suggesting to hold containers at their transiting points around the world to minimize the impact that is having on the destination countries. So destination countries are being uh, now flooded with uh, some cargo and they, can, and they don't have uh, the capacity to move them as fast. And so they're telling the lines, okay, hold cargo at the transiting points, but 
I don't think that's a good suggestion and suggestion and we'll talk about that later and how we as a freight forwarder or any uh, freight forwarder can help the customer in removing these containers, offloading it in diff different warehouses, putting in stock in case the consignee or the shipper is closed and cannot receive the product. That way you avoid the merge and storage in, in those containers being sitting at the, at the port. There is a lot of uncertainty about the future. I'm a very positive person, but um, I think the essence of this webinar is to caution people and, and clients to really plan ahead because we, we don't know how many months this will affect the supply chain. The fact that this delays are happening everywhere and prices are increasing like uh, you know, 200% sometimes. So there is an uncertainty for the, the future. And of course, the fear of, of the economic impact that this will have in our economy, um, we, we, we don't know really the, the end of it at this moment. Next slide, Carol. Um, I, uh, I, I always think that when you have a crisis of this magnitude, you um, are propelled to come up with alternatives to always, you know, solve the problems that you, you're having. And of course, the advice I'm giving people is to plan ahead um, uh, bulk purchases for better pricing because, you know, you increase volume. So in the past, you're bringing things by air because you needed them on a more regular basis. Now that doesn't exist or the price is very high. So think about ocean as your alternative. But for that, you're going to have to plan 30 days, 40 days ahead, depending on the market you're bringing in. As I mentioned before, I do believe the logistics providers can help you plan uh, this bulk um, transport. And one thing that I like to share is uh, using Brazil as an example, a lot of clients in Brazil deal directly with the steamship line to ship their cargo via ocean worldwide. Uh, the relationship in Brazil between a client and a freight forwarder is very, different than it is in North America. There is no, I'm going to generalize, there's a not the same loyalty in Brazil and South America as there is in North America or in Europe with a freight forwarder. So when a shipper ships a container directly with the steamship line, their own, the steamship line is only moving that container. That's it. They do the BL, they move it, and sometimes they arrange the delivery at destination. That delivery in destination country is done on a schedule with a very tight contract from the steamship line with the local carriers. So in a crisis like this, when you ship a container from Brazil to Canada and you don't have a freight forwarder involved here, the container could sit at the port for days before it gets delivered by the line to your customer. Not even to mention that the customer is closed, they don't have a warehouse to receive it, that's a second problem. So I see now that it's an opportunity for clients and freight forwarders to work even more closely together to find a solution at the destination country on these containers that are arriving and have no place to go. So, you know, uh, talk to your um, uh, supply chain provider uh, and, and don't rely yourself too much on a steamship line because they are overwhelmed. Uh, they are doing what they can with what they have and it's time now that we all work together and share ideas to minimize uh, risk and, and cost. Um, uh, the, uh, as I said, capacity has changed uh, a lot and uh, it has 
Um, also, a lot of our clients are looking for different markets to find certain products um, where China was their first choice before and now, okay, I need product now, it's going to take too long to get here. Let's look uh, locally or close by. Uh, where can I find? It's an opportunity. Also, I, I did a webinar yesterday for uh, new products to be introduced to the market. I think this is, this is a, a great example where um, supermarkets here have a lot of Brazilian products that they were distributing. Now they, that product is not here because the suppliers or the, 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 the people selling the product are getting a delay in getting these products into the country. It is an opportunity for new brands to be introduced as a replacement for others that you didn't have a market share on it. So think about that as well. Uh, trying to always be um, uh, positive and give an opportunity to other uh, brands or products that you never thought it could be introduced in the Canadian market if you're bringing it from Brazil. Cut out. I want to talk quickly about importing into Canada some interesting facts. Um, as you know, goods and taxes, when they arrive here, just like in any other country, uh, duties and taxes must be paid to the Canadian government in order for the goods to be cleared and released from the airport or the port. If you use a customs broker, we are a customs broker as well, we can guarantee those charges to the Canadian government so we can get the goods moving, deliver the goods, and, and then you pay the, the, the duties and taxes and we're going to remit them to the government on your behalf. Duties and taxes are calculated based on the HS code of the product. Each product has a number. That number is specific and six numbers are international. The last four are specific to the country they're being imported into. And uh, we can help in that classification uh, as well. And in Canada, uh, most com um, industrialized products pay uh, GST, which is 3%. GST is charged on a federal level in Canada to import a product. And uh, for food items or perishable items, there is no GST. So sometimes you pay only duty and not GST. Sometimes you don't pay anything to import uh, into Canada, which is amazing. When I explain to a Brazilian company how it works to import in Canada, they say, what else? What else do I pay? I said, well, how can I do it? Yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's only, it's only basically two taxes for what we know. But uh, it's a very simplified way, as you can imagine. We don't grow anything in the wintertime. Everything comes from a different country, comes from abroad. So uh, the, the importation process in Canada is much simpler than that it is in Brazil in that case. Uh, interesting facts, again, for Canada, our customs is open 24 hours, seven days a week. And air and ocean shipments take 15 minutes to an hour to get clear, sometimes it's pre-cleared. In the case of Air Canada, when the flight departs Brazil, I file the entry here in Canada before the plane lands. The next morning, the shipment is already released. It can be taken to the customer right away. Very different than Brazil as well. That takes five days sometimes to clear a shipment. Um, and inspection in Canada, not, not every shipment is inspected, but when it is, uh, 24 hours to 72 hours, your inspection period. After 24 hours, we can call customs and sort of ask them politely what's happening. Why haven't you cleared my shipment yet? And they, they're, they're very good in communicating. So also very fast feedback. Things are a little delayed now because um, Customs is checking everything that's coming in, uh, especially with COVID-19 products coming from China, as you can imagine, and other parts of the world. But in general, the shipments are maintaining a speed of clearance that we saw before. 
so it's 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 still going well in terms of customs and they've been very good in, in communicating with us another interesting point for canada that i like to bring in in every uh, webinar that i do is that foreign companies can be registered in canada to be an importer of records so the same shipper or the manufacturer can be registered in canada and basically import their own products in canada this is very useful if you're trying to introduce a new product in Canada and you need to send a sample to someone or you need to hold a little bit of a stock here that you can deliver products so this is really convenient and you pay the taxes you do everything and then eventually if you want to continue to using this method you have to post a bond with Canada Customs because Canada Customs wants to make sure that you have a large duty or GST invoice you're in a foreign country. They wanna make sure you're gonna pay for that large amount to the Canadian government. So it is a possibility. So if, you, if somebody wants more information about that, I can, I can talk to you later, but uh, I find this really convenient. We've helped many foreign companies bring their products in, during this, using this method uh, into Canada. Thank you. Um, this is, I think, a great, um, initial explanation of the logistic process uh, between Brazil and Canada, but we're here today to talk a little bit about the air logistics and how, um, what are the solutions available for shippers that are trying to move cargo from Brazil to Canada or vice versa. So talking specifically about air logistics, uh, there's a paper released by Accenture showing the drop of availability to move cargo on the belly of passenger planes dropped about 83% in the first quarter of this year. But the global cargo capacity through airline freighters or integrated freighters has increased about 20%. So would that be an alternative to move the cargo from Brazil uh, to Canada to freight an airplane? Um, is there enough volume? What is the viability to do that? Carol, great question. And uh, yes, we've seen, um, as you know, there is no passengers flying. So there is no subsidy for that plane to go to the right different destinations or so cargo planes are the only option. I don't think that is an option for Brazil. Brazil, it's not in my mind uh, a country that exports a lot or it will pay the value of that freighter to bring product, bring product to North America. Why? Because uh, Brazil still has cargo planes on regular uh, routes flying from VCP Campinas to Miami. Miami is a major hub to Latin America, to South America, to Brazil. Uh, of course, we have three companies that fly directly from Miami to there. Those flights were not affected by COVID-19. They continue to operate. They're, they maintain their rates as well. They are an inconvenience because cargo from Canada for those flights, they have to go by truck. So from Vancouver, it takes seven days to reach Miami by truck. From Toronto, it's three days, one day to load the plane, and then it flies to VCP only. A couple of other destinations in Brazil that they fly directly, but maybe once a week, but mainly daily is, is Campinas. So because of that, and because of the fact that these prices maintain sort of, they haven't increased 100% like other markets have, I don't think it's economical to do a freighter to Brazil at this time. Now, talking about refrigerated cargo, of course, that route is not a solution for refrigerated cargo. Uh, perhaps uh, into the Miami market, yes, because it's a direct flight, you can prep a cargo with dry ice and ship it on that flight. And in seven hours, it will be Miami, eight hours, that's fine. The cargo is not gonna spoil. But then from Miami on, 
to reach Canada out of the question because three days by truck here, uh, it's impossible. You, you, you can't make a cargo last that long. And even if you do an Envirotainer, which is a container that holds, uh, it's an air uh, reefer container. That's what we, to explain an Envirotainer and you put dry ice in it and it controls the temperature. Very expensive to rent an Envirotainer and maintain the Envirotainer. And the time that it's gonna take to, to get the product here, I, I don't think the value of that product is gonna be worth it. So not really viable to move it through the US, I assume. And with, like you mentioned before, with Air Canada, really having, like not really disclosing when they're planning to uh, resume uh, their service, their direct services um, from here to, to Brazil. Is there any option through any other Latin American ports or uh, like, is there no option at all to move air, uh, car like cargo from Brazil to Canada via air? Um, no, yeah, another great question. The, the issue is, when you ship something frozen by air, you want to maximize the volume and weight of that product. So of course, I wanna ship the maximum quantity possible. The height of a pallet on a passenger airline, normally that does a, 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 a transatlantic flight or a flight to Brazil is a 767. The height of that pallet is 62 inches in height. That's the maximum height I can do a pallet, right? So if I use another carrier that service South America to a transit point. Uh, we have Avianca, we have Copa. What happens is perhaps the flight from the connecting point to Brazil is a 767 or a large plane, but from let's say Panama to here, it's not that capacity. The capacity is less. So it, I can't break down that shipment in transit. So I have to ship less. And as it is at the moment, those airlines are not taking cargo. They are also suspended. One airline that was doing the route Canada, North US, Brazil, that is still doing as of today, I don't know, maybe it changed, is United Airlines. United was flying Sao Paulo to Houston and then connecting. Mm -hmm. They are only taking cargo on a priority rate, which is three times the regular rate. And uh, the connecting flight from Houston to Toronto or to Montreal or to Vancouver, those planes are very small. They're a 737 or even a Dash 9, you know, the little planes that yeah. they do in New York. They Impossible. If I have a few boxes of frozen product, yes, maybe I can put stuff in there. And we're doing medical goods with them, like smaller medical goods refrigerated. But I bring cargo from Brazil that is a thousand kilos of skid yeah. of, of pão de queijo and, uh, and acai berry and all of that. It's impossible. It, 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 that solution fast is, is not there today. So I guess we're going to see a little shortage of conjugation in Canada within the next few months, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> I, I think our clients and our, and our clients who are bringing these, these products and the suppliers, they, they, they are planning ahead already full okay, of, of freezer containers to ocean containers, but it's going to take a while. But I hope we don't miss the Ponte Queijo here. The Brazilians here appreciate the effort for sure. Yeah. Um, so we know that like with COVID and the pandemic and uh, like many aspects of our modern life uh, that we always take it for granted, it won't be possible anymore without air. Like it wouldn't be possible with air freight, right? So obvious example, as you mentioned before, is the refrigerated, the perishable goods. So fruits, vegetables, shellfish uh, that can be moved swiftly in a temperature control container, as you mentioned. Um, so with the lack of services, what are the alternatives to move this cargo? And what's Melohawk doing to support their clients um, to bring this, the pungi queijos and the acais and everything else that you move, insulins and all the, the, the pharmaceuticals, 
what is the option for those shippers to bring this cargo to Canada? Of course, those clients who have the volume and the capacity and, and have that chain, you know, already to supply their, their buyers here, they're going to invest and do complete reefer containers, 20s or 40s to bring this product here. Uh, very expensive containers. When you talk about reefer, the value of, of the freight is much higher than the dry container, of course, but you can bring large volumes. For those who don't have the volume to fill out a container, we are coming up with the first LCL reefer uh, shipment that we want to do from Sao Paulo to Toronto specifically, because there has never existed a LCL reefer service. LCL means less than a container load. So when you don't have enough product to fill up your own container, you have one pallet, two pallets, or three pallets, you pay a consolidator uh, of ocean and they charge you per cubic meter for only the product you have. So your product goes on a large container with other people's cargo in it and you share that container and that container moves at the schedule of this consolidator. So the idea that we're bringing here is, um, and we're in the final stages of this first container, is to do an LCL reefer cargo for frozen product only. The problem that never existed for this type of service on LCL is that you can imagine some products, they have different temperatures. Some products require minus five, others plus five, others minus 18. Impossible in a container for you to control several temperatures. So our proposal is to do a minus 18 uh, frozen container, LCL uh, reefer, uh, where we're gonna pick up frozen product from different clients that are needing those products here in a lesser quantity, one or two or three pallets, and try to help bring this product in 30 days. Um, and hopefully that suffice their stock until there is a normal, sort of back to normal, normal air flight between Canada and Brazil. And as it is, we're hoping to be successful with this product because we don't think the rates that Brazil, Air Canada, Brazil was offering to the clients when the flight resumes are going to remain the same. It's going to take months for Air Canada to actually clear the backlog because can you imagine how many people are in line to ship product now? We are in line here in Canada to ship to Brazil. Brazil is in line to ship here. So it's going to take a few months, I think, to normalize the situation. And hopefully this LCL reefer will solve in the long term uh, the the, the lack of product that our clients are having. So this service that you guys are launching right now, would you be um, stuffing the cargo together around Sao Paulo, shipping it to Santos, and would be the route coming to Canada, what are you planning, and what would be the transit time for this cargo? Because we know that air, they're used to maybe you have the 10 hour flight, one, two days to release, three days later, you have the cargo with you. So with ocean, we know it takes much more time, uh, we know there's a couple of really good services with transshipment, but is there any congestion happening right now in Freeport or in Kingston or in the transshipment ports? And what would be the total transit time for these cargoes to arrive here? Great. I like I like the question. There's oh my god, so much to talk about in this question. I know. Well, Half an hour is not enough, but well, we'll keep we'll try to keep perfect. on track. Yeah, we'll try to, to keep up. So uh, we, we are we are creating this alternative in a very um, tight scenario of cost. Because if I was to use, and I, I can't give all my secrets away in 30 minutes, no. but um, if we were to use the regular warehouses in Brazil that do reefer loading cargo in Santos, this will not work because the price of this will be to the roof. So we're using current partners that have 
the warehouse system to warehouse frozen product. They were doing it before. Uh, and in, in a much more, how do you say, flexible way to load this container. And we are not shipping it via the US. Very crucial, something that we need to mention. Yeah. Uh, these types of products, when it's food especially, don't touch US foil, US soil, because everything that touches US soil can be held for inspection, and 90% of it is held. You're charged $1,000. You don't even know if it was inspected. We don't care because we need to pay. Otherwise, if we don't pay, send a FedEx. US government doesn't release that container, the goods don't move. That's how they are. They're pretty much pay, talk later, and yep. move on. So this service will be, yes, from Sao Paulo, because it will go directly to Santos. It will not be consolidated in Santos. It will basically arrive, loaded, come, and it will come directly to Canada, either to a Montreal port or the port of St. John, which has done, which has done a great job with a line coming from Brazil. Uh, many, many pluses to do a direct shipment to Canada. Two days before the ship uh, lands in Canada, I can pre-clear the cargo, or I can submit the clearance. The container arrives pre-clear from St. John to Toronto. It's basically 24 hours on the train and the container will be here with me. Montreal as well, it's another option. The transit time, of course, is longer. It will be 30 days transit. So that's why I talk about planning for the long term. You need to have that in mind because if I bring it to the US and they're promising me 20 days, 22 days, that container can be stuck there for two weeks on inspection. Yeah. It, it turns out to be almost like, you know what I mean? The same as if I brought it directly from Canada and I didn't have an inspection scenario or a less probability of inspection. Not to mention that Canada Customs is very flexible, very understanding and really cooperative with Canadian uh, clients. So it's much more reliable to move this cargo directly to Canada in terms of, I mean, it will look a little bit longer when you see like on paper, but in reality, you get up your cargo a little bit faster. Because on paper, everything looks fabulous. You know what I mean? You have service from yeah. Santos to New York for 18 days, 20 days. 12 days. Oh that. my God, it's fantastic. And then something goes wrong and you're like, what happened to my 18 days? Well, inspection happened and yeah. you were told that and you chose that route. So you have to be very open and clear with your customers. You, you need to understand the entire process, not to point blame. It's not about blaming. It's about, okay, this is, this is why it could happen. So be prepared for it. Amazing. So we know, and uh, we're almost, um, we're going to open for questions very, very shortly, but I just wanted to keep, um, to pick uh, our nose brain on a couple more things. Um, so we know that uh, the COVID pandemic will force many, many industries to disrupt and uh, think, start thinking outside the box. Uh, we don't really know, it's quite unclear um, how long social distancing, the second wave, third wave that we've been talking about the pandemic, how much this is, um, I mean, we know that this for sure will impact how people travel, how cargoes move, right? So the capacity to transport cargo by, via air, even when the, the whole, um, uh, like the current uh, scenario changes and release, like uh, uh, the, the social distancing um, reduces a little bit. We know that air traveling is gonna be impacted for much longer than a few months. Uh, and the capacity to move cargo via air with the, the commercial planes will reduce a lot. So. Looking at the future, in your opinion, what would be the economic impact of uh, those logistics delays uh, for the next couple of years? Huge impact. 
we see our rates changing every day. Like I said, we, we get updates from the carriers we know that are flying to certain markets because Brazil is a market for us or South America, but we do the world, we do Europe, we do uh, Australia and we do um, uh, Japan and Korea. And every day we have to talk to these airlines or, or these carriers to say, okay, what's new today? And is the rate the same? And no, the rate has not been same. Now we have a COVID surcharge. So it, it, I know there is a real issue because when you don't have a regular passenger flight, things increase because they have to pay for that plane. But at the same time, I'm like, really, do you have to increase this much to cover this flight? And I guess the answer is, Yes, because it costs a lot. And um, other issues with ocean as well. So I think all of that, you're going to see a disruption of the structure of, of, of freight charges around the world because of COVID, because it's, it's a wave effect. And until it goes back to normal, we don't know how long that's going to take. We have CIFA, the Canadian International Freight Forwarders Association here that fights for us in a, in a good way with the government, there's open communication because the government also cannot impose certain things on airlines because it's going to affect the consumer. It's going to affect me as a, as a business. So in some markets, you don't have associations like that. So the government dictates whatever they want. You are the mercy of, of, of that demand or that, uh, of, of that mandate. And you, you don't have argument. In Canada, we have a body that we can still kind of like okay, fight for me, you know, like go there, go to Ottawa and, and stuff. But um, the, the, the prices, China, for example, I'll give you an example on China. Air freight from China to the world, to Brazil or to Canada, on average was $5 a kilo US. This is during regular like business regular. scenario because air freight out of China, if you made a boo-boo on an order, you need to fly that order, you, you pay big bucks, right? Today, it's $21 US to fly a product from China. Needs to be prepaid. Upfront, you have five or eight criteria that the shipper must present documents that that product is valid, correct, whatever. And when it gets to the tarmac, to the runway, at the very last minute, the government can pull your shipment out and says it's not gonna board this plane. And I paid for that, my client paid for that, and it's sitting there. So this, these are just one example of China, which is a major crisis right now on air freight to leave, because you can imagine, that's why these freighters are going to China. Yeah. Governments are paying their own freighter to go there because it's cheaper for them, 900,000, a million dollars for a freighter to China, insane at the moment, yeah. where you would pay before maybe 150,000, 250,000 for a freighter going to Brazil and back. A million dollars to China, people Same. are milking it. So it's, it's really, really sad. And that's where like this Accenture report that I mentioned earlier, when you're talking about 20% increase in freighters and integrated freighters, that's where it's going, right? It's the Asian market, not really applicable to where we are to the American market. So um, we, so we mentioned that. So uh, that's why it's so important to, um, plan your supply chain ahead, right? So with the reduce of uh, air, I believe that ocean is probably gonna increase, um, the demand for ocean uh, transportation will increase. And as we know, again, probably the, freight, the, the, the rates for uh, containers will also increase as we saw history like many, many times before. Um, so again, important for, the, for the, the suppliers to plan financially and logistically mm -hmm. to make sure that they can keep uh, moving their cargo. 
I mean, we know globalization will change for good, right? I mean, it's not going to end, but it's definitely going to be, it's, got, it's definitely a big hit on uh, the globalization that we know today. And, and not that people before didn't plan their supply chain ahead. I always, uh, we know we have clients for many years, for 18 years, and, and, and other clients have their clients. They all plan their supply chain, but it was a more relaxed plan. That's what I called. It. it was like, okay, I know no, I can get a container. Right? I know I can get a flight. I know I can fight for a rate with this freight forwarder versus the other one. Now, that reality has changed. You need to work with your logistics provider because they're the ones that are the front of these negotiations because a shipper is not going to be able to negotiate sometimes directly with a line or an airline. Airline, especially in Canada, you cannot. You need a freight forwarder because we have a bulk discount. But so, so speak with your logistics provider to find a solution or brainstorm on the next move because you need to be daily getting your updates. No more like a once a month or every two weeks. No, you, you need a daily update right now. Another thing, the prices of oil um, have decreased, as you know, so much. Bunker costs will be reduced as well, right? Correct. So there is a big pressure now to also um, uh, push for bunker fuel to be lowered with some steamship lines, right? Demanding because if the oil is cheap, so then, hey, I want to get that. Yeah. So there's a lot of give and take there that you need to be aware of it and, and the pressures that are being, that are being made uh, in, different, in different markets and different carriers. So it's, it, everything is a little bit disrupted at this moment in a good sense. <laughs> yeah. And if like, if in normal times, it's already like you like th there is a big importance and a big uh, advantage of using freight forwarders in challenging times, that connection is even more important because I believe that you guys have all the inside information and the knowledge to find and think outside the box and find alternative solutions that maybe the regular shipper wouldn't have uh, the knowledge to do it because they never used, like they never needed to do it, right? So um, is there any other interesting comments you'd like to share um, on transporting cargo or otherwise we're gonna open uh, for questions? My God, I think I talked too much, but um, <laughs> thank you. I, I thought the questions were really, really relevant for what we're facing right now. And again, I am a very positive person, but I think it's important to tell the reality that we're facing right now. It's not about being negative. It's about really saying what we are facing so people can open their minds, as you said, and, and work together more than ever we need to work together now like we're working like we're working remotely which has been fantastic people are actually more productive right yeah. working because they understand that we need to come together so the same way with the business community you need to you need to exchange ideas and say i need this or so we're advertising different different ideas so people can jump in and, and give us feedback to see if that's going to be good or not you know what i mean so it's it's about communication yeah, there's a lot of collaborations happening, what is great. And again, right, when we talk about the, the world post-COVID, I think there's going to be a lot of good things coming out of this um, as well. So um, thank you, Arnon, for all your comments. Uh, there is a Q&A button. Uh, so if you have any questions, uh, we have questions coming in. Um, can you comment? So first question, can you comment on the, effect, the effects of COVID on pharmaceuticals and ingredients for pharmaceuticals globally? very good question and i think depending uh as i said depending on uh the type of pharmaceuticals and we do a lot of pharmaceutical uh, uh 
products to Brazil in large volume. A lot of pharmaceuticals. Insulin when I talk is about, a big. Uh, insulin is big, right? On, correct. On, on, yeah. If if those pharmaceuticals are temperature controlled, that's a separate issue altogether. You're going to have to do an environmental because remember. Before COVID, there were cargo plane flights, freighter flights, on a regular basis to basically every destination you can possibly imagine. So I can get a cargo plane, you know, anywhere to South Africa. That's not an issue. It was there. Those, those routes continue to exist. As I mentioned, the routes of, of freighter to Brazil continue to exist, and we ship those large items in those flights or items that are considered dangerous goods. So items that are considered dangerous goods, depending on the size and volume, they can only go on a cargo plane. They cannot go on a passenger plane. That's another IATA regulation that is very, very strict. And a lot, depending on the pharmaceuticals, I mean, this is a very genetic uh, question. Of course, we can go into it a, a lot, but they could be dangerous goods. So again, they wouldn't be going on a passenger flight to begin with. I have to go on a freighter and I have to find a solution. And thank God there is a solution. But the, the, the refrigerator part of it is the one that is more delicate at this moment. Perfect. Thank you, Arno. Um, have you any more questions from the audience? Um, I think, the, yeah, we have one. So do you have an LCL wafer option for agrochemicals? For agrochemicals. Because I, I guess they have to be separately than food, right? Correct. Yeah. No, not as, but thank you for the idea. I mean, th this could be my next, <laughs> my next container coming up for agrochemicals because this is, this is really, really interesting. It's a market that is so strong, right? But unfortunately, the refer that we are going to start, as I mentioned to Carolina, we're starting at very, I'm going to call it safe, minus 18, because the trial, right? I need, yeah, I need I need to attract those products that are the same temperature because the issue is the temperature. Of course, if it was yeah. food, and if I could have a variation in a container, I would bring different different products because people are asking me. But uh, agrochemicals, that's amazing idea. Thank you. I'm going to investigate this immediately. And and yeah, I I'm considering even uh, fruits and vegetables. That's the next that we're considering because you can. I can do a temperature of 10 degrees or 15 yeah. degrees in that container and I can bring vegetables uh, that people are bringing and, and they will be protected, right? So um, yeah, thank you. Would you consider doing, uh, and then sorry if I'm, uh, would you consider doing, for example, we're talking about fruits and vegetables. We know that there's a lot of volume coming from the Northeast from Brazil. Would you consider doing uh, something from uh, Pesen or from Suape yeah. if there's volume enough to bring Absolutely. those fruits and vegetables to here? Absolutely, our offices there can all coordinate those those consolidations. Basically, we a freight forwarder again talking about partnerships. A freight forwarder can come up with any logistics idea possible. The problem is you need to find the market that can fill up that idea. So, for example, if 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 we have a, a huge uh, exporter of of a, of a perishable product in 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 Recife, for example we can load a container there and bring it to Canada, whatever the route it is, because we know that we can fill up that container and bring uh, a good cost of the, for the client as well. Like we're trying to minimize cost. The idea is not to make thousands of dollars, is to not work for free because nobody works for free, but to minimize the, the, the damage that this is causing, the fact that you don't have a flight. So if I give that alternative with a, a considerably lower 
lower cost to, to the client, they're going to jump in and use this service. And in, in maybe in the short term or maybe on a regular basis because then, hey, you don't have to pay for an air freight eventually. You can just plan your LCL consolidation on a regular basis and it will get here. And again, right, disruption of the market, this could become the new routine, right? Uh, we don't know when, again, when you're talking about capacity and about uh, inspection for planes and inspection for cargo and we don't know how long it's going to take. And uh, it's like, it's uh, the thinking outside the box that the freight forwarders do and the, the options that they give that can become permanent for now. But, it's yeah. But also is when you come to a type of cri a time of crisis that and you, you need to think of solutions, you start thinking like, oh my God, Innovation. let's do this now. Let's, yes, we thought of it before, but there was not really a demand or I didn't have the necessity to introduce it. Uh, and now there is, and people jumped in. My client's like, okay, I'm in, I already have product, here it is, and, and it's, it's gonna work. I know it's going to work. Perfect. Um, any other questions or any other uh, last comments? We have another one. So do you believe that after all of this, uh, all of, all, sorry, do you believe that after all this ends, clients would continue to use ocean uh, shipping as they would have learned how to plan themselves ahead? Um, or like would they see as a way to save money because we know how more expensive air is, uh, transport like air transportation is. So do you think that uh, shippers will more and more then move to ocean um, in the future? Uh, I, I think it's a great question, but what you have to remember is um, ocean LCL is in general, a much more economical way for you to bring, let's say a large, like I said, one pallet, two pallets, three, four pallets maximum of a product uh, with, with the length of time that you're gonna need. You're gonna, you need to plan 30 days for ocean shipment, regardless where it is in the world. I'm gonna generalize, of course, because the, 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 the routes are very fast. So let's say 30 days, right? Depending where it's coming from, you need to plan that ahead. So it is, has been always a cheap alternative to bring product in the slower pace. People bring air freight because of whatever contract they have and because of the commodity of the product, you need that product to arrive to fulfill an order. They are perishable products, so you pay more. So it really depends on the product, how much time you're gonna to need to deliver that product and the demand for that product. So you need to plan ahead. So I think people always think of ocean first when bringing a product, but as you know, a frozen product as we're discussing here by ocean there is not really consolidations of lcl reefer worldwide there is not it, you can't find it very few people or few countries will have that service to offer brazil certainly does not have it uh, and that's why this comes to be an interesting plan but uh, but it really it really depends i don't think people are going to think only of ocean after covid is over right so it really depends on the demand that their clients are asking them to fulfill. Thank you. Perfect. Um, do we have any more questions? Uh, well, I would like to, if there's no more questions, I would like to um, recommend you all to connect with Arnon to understand a little bit more about this like breakthrough service and this innovative service that they're offering. 
Um, we wish you all the success with the new service that you're doing. Hopefully you'll be able to move containers in many different temperatures and you get the cargo and people will start like taking, looking at the benefits of, of this. Um, we would like to thank you all for being here today. We would like to thank our um, uh, Arnaud Mellohawk Logistics, one of our most loyal members, uh, as well as our annual sponsors, Vale, Lending Mining, Brookfield and Votorantin for the support. Uh, we would like to invite you to download our app and follow us on social media to stay informed with all the activities and events that the BCC is organizing during this time. And thank you again for your time and for being here today. I wish you all a very good weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay home, and be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you, Arnon, for being here today. And thank uh, you. thank you. Bye. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, everyone. It was a pleasure being here. And be thank safe, so. as Carolina said. Bye. See you Thank again. You. Thank you.